Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Dana Workman from Haunted Highway on Sci-Fi, and you're listening to The Ghost Host, Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. Boom. This is Bill Murphy of Sci-Fi Channel's Fact or Fake Paranormal Files, and you're listening to The Ghost Host, Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. Hey everybody, this is Rex Williams, the medic from Destination Truth, and you're listening to the ghost host, Sophia, on LiveParanormal.com. This is True TV's haunting evidence investigator, Patrick Burns. And ghost huntress author, Marley Gibson. And you're you're listening listening to to ghost Ghost host, Host, Sophia Temporelli. Ian, Michael Perry. And we're here... Hello, we're here at the ghost host with Sophia Temporelli and Weekly Paranormal.com. Weekly, weekly at LiveParanormal.com. <laughs> this is Stefan Brigatti from Pacific Coast Paranormal, and you're listening to the ghost host, Sophia Temporelli, on LiveParanormal.com. She rocks. This is Christopher Sanders with My Ghost Story on Biography. You are listening to The Ghost Host with Sophia Tipparelli on LiveParanormal.com. Hi, this is Professor Lloyd Auerbach, parapsychologist, and you're listening to The Ghost Host with Sophia Tipparelli on LiveParanormal.com. This is author Alexandra Holzer. And you're listening to ghost host, Sophia Temporelli. Hi, this is Jeff Belanger, host of 30 Odd Minutes, founder of GhostVillage.com, and author of lots of your favorite paranormal books. And you're listening to the ghost host, Sophia, on LiveParanormal.com. Boo! This is Nick Groff, executive producer of Ghost Adventures, the original documentary in Ghost Adventures, season 1 through 10, and executive producer of Ghost Stalkers, author of Chasing Spirits, the building of the Ghost Adventures crew, and founder of NickGroffTours.com. You are listening to the ghost host, Sophia Temporelli, on LiveParanormal.com. Tune in. Hey, this is Zach Bagans from Ghost Adventures, and you are listening to the ghost host, Sophia Temporilli, on LiveParanormal.com. That's right. It's a ghost host show with Sophia Temporilli on LiveParanormal.com. And congratulations, Sophia, on celebrating over 12 years of broadcasting here on LiveParanormal.com and, and uh, now on GhostHunting.com. Feel free to call into the show at 347-202-0316. That's 347-202-0316 as well. Feel free to jump into the LiveParanormal.com chat room. It only takes a second to sign in, get yourself an avatar, and you're part of the LP family. Thank you, all of our moderators, for patching us through at live events throughout the years, and uh, also to the site founder, Rob Sarek, for providing this format each and every week. Thank you so much, Rob. And uh, today we welcome Paranormal Investigator, Dark Raven Photography Founder, and Overnight Paranormal Events Host, Drew Babineau. Everyone visit Drew Bar- uh, Babineau's here at, her, at his official's uh, Facebook and Instagram, d.babineau underscore 13, and on TikTok at The Haunted Raven. Uh, coming we have, get this one, Dartmouth University film and media professor and Ghost Channels book author Amy Lawrence next Saturday the 21st. And uh, Ghost Channels is about all your favorite paranormal TV shows and also the psyche behind the people watching them. So this should be interesting next weekend, guys. Author, Ghost Adventures producer, lecturer Jeff Belandro will be returning to the program on November 4th. Gognac Paranormal Investigators Ron Yacovetti and Lourdes Gonzalez will be returning to the program too as well on November 11th. So you don't want to miss it, any of the any of these upcoming shows. So like the ghost host, Sophia Temporelli, on my paranormal.com Facebook fan page to learn of the amazing Halloween season guests we have coming up. And also to check out the memberships here, support the vendors here on Live Paranormal. And tonight we have at 7 p.m. Eastern Beyond the Screen and Ghost Light Radio, as well as Chip Coffee of A&E's Paranormal State and Psychic Kids and Kindred Spirits. He's here monthly Mondays on LiveParanormal.com. 
archive shows, if you miss anything, are available on the homepage of Live Paranormal as free MP4 iTunes downloads. Let's bring on the host here, Sophia. Congratulations on 12 years of broadcasting here. Thank you. I can't believe it's already been 12 years. I know you're doing a fantastic job. You've helped a lot of people through the years with your show, having a lot of paranormal teams and psychics and people on to help. But you got a lot of these other things. So you got the Twitter, the Instagram, and things you kids have. Uh, where can people find you? I'm on Twitter, at Sophia Temporelli with one L, and Instagram, just at Sophia Temporelli. Yeah, and you have the YouTube channel as well. Tell us about your guest today. Today, we welcome paranormal investigator, Dark Raven photography founder, and overnight paranormal event host, Drew Babineau. Everyone visit Drew Babineau's official Facebook, Instagram, d.babineau underscore the haunted raven. Let's welcome Drew into the show. All right, Drew. Hey, thanks for coming on today. Thank you for having me. It's a huge opportunity. I was excited for this. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, To start off, I mean, you obviously do so much with your photography and the paranormal, but what initially sparked your interest in the supernatural and the paranormal? Um, Well, I think growing up and as a kid, you know, I've always had a passion for like the dark and eerie um, and it, you know, horror movies kind of helped with that as well. Uh, um, Mm -hmm. But Truthfully, you know, growing up a lot, I've lived in some houses that were haunted and think that also kind of played a huge role in that as well. Um, And I think when it really kicked off for me, I'd say was with my photos. Um, I think that's what got a lot of people's attention. And I started within that was when I was also doing some paranormal stuff um, on my own and kind of just decided to just throw it all together at that point. Yeah, I mean, so many haunted locations have such cool aesthetic. I mean, whether it's a Victorian house or, you know, an abandoned building. So I can definitely see why you would want to combine your love of the two. Um, What was the experiences that you had living in those haunted houses when you were younger? Um, So I'd say one of the ones that I would really speak about the most was um, there was a house that I lived in, um, and – Anywhere that you would walk, like, in the middle of the night, you would always feel as if you're being watched by, like, thousands and thousands of eyes. And um, mm-hmm. the house actually prior was a um, – before they turned it into a home, it was actually, like, an old antique shop. So it almost makes you wonder kind of, like, what came through that place initially, right, whether it was something that was always there, something that was brought in, you know. Um, and you, there was times walking through the house, you would hear things you would, like I said, walking through the living room alone at night, I would, it was almost as if you could, if you were to like light a match, right. And then you're just surrounded by just a bunch of ghosts. That's exactly what it would feel like. There's even times I would wake up, go to the bathroom and, Oh, think is turned on again. You know, great. (laughs) Um, I've even had cases for where there were cabinet doors that were open. We've had to shut them. We've taken photos and, um, It'd be like ghosts kind of like you would like the outside of the house and you'd see like just somebody standing in the door. So that was always kind of interesting. Um, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> so from there, it kind of just grew more so. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it, you know, when it came for photos, as far as that aspect, it was more or less falling in love with these buildings, showing them off for, what they used to be and you know um i think learning to love the history of things and that kind of aspect was kind of always huge because you always want to kind of know where things come from whether it's something that was in your house or something that you grew Mm -hmm. up with you know what i mean you kind of always want to know the backstory of it absolutely and it's really interesting you say that when you were younger you felt like everything was covered with thousands and thousands of eyes because in my haunted house that's actually kind of how I felt I was I was just on a radio show and I literally said you know when I first started noticing activity it felt like the walls the ceiling everything was covered with eyes that's how it felt being watched I've never actually heard anyone else describe it in a similar way yeah and honestly it can be quite terrifying um Mm -hmm. especially like in the middle of the night you know and you know that you have to like 
go to the bathroom and you got to walk through that area. It's like, I wouldn't ever walk through the living room without a flashlight. Like I just, mm-hmm. I felt that uncomfortable. I was like, I have to have a light. And the, the light switch itself would be on the other side of the living room. So it's like, you can't just come outside of your room, flip the light on. No, you got to go across the hall through there anyways, just to uh, get the lights on. So I'm like, yeah, no, we're just constantly going to have a flashlight by our bed at all times. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's definitely really hard to go through when you're younger. Um, I mean, it's amazing, though, just how these experiences shape, you know, us as investigators and, you know, moving forward with everything. Um, When you started investigating the paranormal, what was your first, um, like, real investigation you did um, besides having, you know, experiences in your home? Um, So... We, I, okay, so I went and did, as a teenager, kind of like messing around, you know, you hear places that are haunted, so like during October, you'll try to go check them out to like mm-hmm. boost yourself or whatever, right? So it was just a couple friends and I, and um, we went out to Atchison, Kansas, and um, now I don't, I can't whether, really say whether this was 100% paranormal or not, because I wasn't actually in the house to really know. But we went over to this place called the Sally House, which I'm sure, you know, a lot of people have heard of that location in, you know, in Atchison. It's pretty well known. And um, now we never went inside, obviously. We just drove, and a friend of mine wanted to see what the outside looked like. So we went, you know, and he wanted to kind of go near the house. So we're all in the car, and he gets out of the vehicle, and he's like, I just want to see. I just want to look in the window and just see if there's, like, anything, like, weird going on. So I was like, all right, whatever, right? So he gets out of the vehicle, and – um as soon as he's walking up, he goes up onto the porch and he's like about to knock. And the weirdest thing is that as soon as his hand kind of went up, it's like the light, the porch light kind of flicked on, which was kind Mm -hmm. of odd. So we're like, okay, whatever. And then he kind of like put his like head near the door to kind of listen to see. And I mean, he didn't, he, the only thing that he said he heard was like almost out of like static radio going. So he was like, that's kind of odd. But I told him, I was like, I mean, people could have, like, things playing. You know, we, we knew that there was nobody at the house. But I was like, they could have something on to, like, creep people out so that nobody breaks in, which would be smart, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But the porch light thing was what kind of, like, threw us through a loop because we were trying to really figure out, like, it's not like we saw any curtains move. He kind of come back to the car, and when he got back into the car is when it turned off. So we were kind of, like, thinking of everything that – if somebody was in the house, right, but we didn't see any kind of cars in it, near it or anything that would have presumed that somebody was there. Um, and so a lot of people were telling me, like, well, okay, what if it's, like, the, the porch light, like, um, motion sensors? And I was like, well, wouldn't have that turned on, like, going in near it, not once he, like, puts his hand up near the door? And why would it cut mm-hmm. off when he goes near the car, when he gets into the car? Wouldn't it cut off, like, prior or even stayed on a little after? And like, so that little thing was a little weird. We went in to Jackson Park after that, and we kind of, like, were trying to wait and hear some stuff out there. We didn't really hear anything out that part, but I'd say it was, like, the whole light situation thing that kind of freaked us out. Now, granted, somebody very well could have been inside. I can't say whether or not they were or not, right? But it was just one of those weird situations. Mm-hmm. Like, eh, it freaked us out. You know, we're teenagers. We're just trying to spook ourselves. Um, when a when I actually started to get more serious about it and actually doing more investigations wise, um, I did work for a company that did um, tours and everything else. Um, I had a really good opportunity with them. And I'd say that I did a really good investigation at mid orange uh, reformatory in Warwick, New York. I think that's where everything kind of took off where I wanted to get more serious about it and, doing more of these things, uh, not just with photography, but actually doing more with the paranormal. Um, and I think that's pretty much, I would say, is where it really kicked off even more so for me. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely weird the experiences you have sometimes when you're just not even investigating um, and you're kind of either just messing around or hanging out. Um, when you're taking your photography, I mean, obviously you're taking photos of the awesome, like, cool, creepy landscape or architecture. But do you ever sense or feel anything um, before you take a photo? Like, hey, I really feel like I should take a photo here. 
So it's interesting that you say that, right? So mm-hmm. what a lot of people always ask me is what, how, do, how is it that I capture some of these photos, right? And I'm a person of respect, especially when it comes to the paranormal and the other, you know, and the other side. So when I go into these places, um, I usually will speak to them and I'll tell them, you know, one, thank you for even allowing me into your space. Because at the end of the day, these are their homes, whether it was a house or a prison or, you know, or a hospital. Regardless, this is a place that they stayed. This is their home. So I just kind of go tell them that, you know, and it's like, I've always asked like, hey, I'm here taking photos. If you want to show up in some, feel free to, you know. And I always mm-hmm. feel like they walk around, and I invite them to walk around with me so that they know. I'm like, you know, I'm not here to disrespect your home. I'm not going to come in and damage it like I'm sure, like, you're probably used to some people doing in the past. You know, I always tell them that. Um, and I do feel as if when I walk around that they kind of walk with me, whether they're watching me to make sure that I was true to my word or they're just curious as to what I'm doing. Um, and I will say that there was one place that I – had an urge and some people laugh when I say this but um I told them I was like let's play a game right let's play hide and seek so Mm -hmm. if I take I'm gonna snap photos right now the goal is that if I take a photo and you're standing there you have to show up in my photo right so I go and I take the photos you know and I'm looking back and I'm not even getting it like I'm just you know nothing's showing up and I actually ended up having the feeling to do like almost like a selfie but put my phone up above me and I, I have the photo still in there on my um, in page for where, and I, I took three photos, right? So, so you always have something to compare it to. And sure enough, there was something that showed up in the um, standing down, I'd say down the hall more behind me. I mean, that's definitely a really interesting technique. Um, I mean, I think it's always a lot more fun for spirits too, since they have passed on um, to have, kind of a more interactive investigation like what you did than just like, hey, just show up in the photo and there's no interaction. It's more just direction. So um, I think it's really cool that you tried to do something more interactive with the spirits. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, because at the end of the day, it the spirits are super intelligent. You know what I mean? And I think we all know mm-hmm. as investigators and paranormal enthusiasts, we see that when we do these investigations and sometimes it's not always about, Hey, can you knock? Hey, can you light this trigger object up? Sometimes if you just talk to them, even whether you're just touring a location or you're just taking photos of a place, you know, sometimes they will interact with you. There's plenty of times that I've been in locations and just talking to them as I'm taking photos, you know, I've heard them walking down the hall. Or, you know, you'll hear the, the feet movement within, like, the paint chips that have fallen. You know, so I think it's pretty incredible, even if, like, just during the day and you're just there, whether you're touring or just doing photos or whatever, and they're still interacting with you, even when you're not having that camera rolling or having the equipment, like, laid out. It just goes to show just how intelligent they really can be. Absolutely. Um, and. I'm sure, too, that a lot of times when you're taking these photos, too, you find stuff in post. Is there something you find um, that kind of helps enhance the spirit photos? Um, Because, for example, my parents actually went to Alcatraz and spent the night there, and my dad was just taking pictures of Alcatraz, and he took a picture down this one hallway, and it was just dark. You couldn't see anything, and he decided to brighten it a lot when you got home and there was a full figure apparition is there anything like that you find that kind of helps in post with the photos um i would say you can either mess with the brightness or even sometimes with the contrast but truthfully Mm -hmm. within the photos that i've captured i haven't really had to do too much of that i know other people have and a lot of people have usually told me whether either within the like the brightness or the contrast um but the ones that I've captured there, you know, I haven't, I haven't captured a whole lot where I've caught like such profound things, but the ones that I've have have shown up pretty significantly. Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting just the way that, you know, you kind of have to do stuff like that too, or, you know, you don't like with your photos um, and trying to figure out what works best. Um, I fit, 
feel like that's just kind of with everything in the paranormal where it's just kind of see as you go and see what works best. Um, when you actually are at locations taking photos, um, for people who want to get into photography at haunted locations, what advice would you have for them? Um, don't give up, truthfully. Um, I think within this field, a lot of people get discouraged. Um, mm -hmm. When you're passionate about something, it shows, right? It, it really shows, especially within your work. And people take notice of that. And if you really, if you really think about it, um, sometimes, you know, Sorry, I'm trying to figure out how to actually answer this question without being okay. without it sounding completely idiotic. Um, don't give up and don't ever discourage yourself because it took a long time for even people to see my work. And no matter what, always stay true with your form of it. Don't ever let anybody tell you differently on how you should edit your photos. And don't let anybody tell you how your photos should look. I know that I experienced that a lot. And when I stopped listening to everybody else and listening to how my photos should look, that's when I think I started to excel a lot. And I've even heard it from others as well for where they get very passionate about their photos and people are very quick to criticize them. And it really does beat people down. And it's, you know, mm -hmm. I think when you're very passionate and you, you stay true to that, somebody will see it without a shadow of a doubt. Absolutely. I mean, it's definitely, I, I mean, the paranormal, it's a hard field because, you know, it is so reliant on trust too. Um, because, you know, with technology, people can fake stuff nowadays. So when you have evidence, it's, I feel like when you're sharing it with the public, always so hard because there's always going to be people that are like, oh, you know, you get an EVP, oh, well, that's too clear, that must just be someone talking, or, oh, that's not clear enough, that's just nothing, and so it's always hard to kind of navigate that, because it's so hard to sometimes sift through what's debunkable, or what's real, or what's fake, and um, so you kind of just have to do what you do, and just go with it. Absolutely, because, I mean, you're, like you just said, you're always going to have individuals that will always say something. But as long as you know, like, you're true in what you, you know, and what you, whether it's evidence or whether it's photos or whatever the case may be, as long as you stay true to that and you know deep in your heart what you're putting out there, those, those comments, things like that, they really don't matter. Because at the end of the day, what matters is your opinion about it. And that, I mean, that's just the way I see it because – Unfortunately, you're always going to have individuals that are like that, but then you look back at your work and you see what you do and you see your passion in it, and I feel like that in itself is so much bigger than what people could say. And there, mm -hmm. I, there is a lot of good people within the paranormal community that will also overpower those comments, you know. Um, I'm very thankful to have a lot of good friends and people I can call colleagues and things like that within the paranormal community, you know, and I think as long as everybody continues to stick together like that, you know, we'll accept, we'll, sorry, not excel, but we'll succeed with everything. Absolutely. And talking about, you know, the community of people, you know, within the field, um, a lot of times when you go on these investigations, do you go by yourself or do you have a team that you like to investigate with? So a lot of the times um, I do a lot of the things on my own, but I mm -hmm. do have um, certain friends that I bring along with me. Um, I don't have like a set team or anything like that. The Haunted Raven is something that I've just started up recently to kind of How can I put this? I don't – I feel like a part of me isn't really done with the paranormal. I feel like there's a mission that I have to do in regards to teaching people about the dead and to, you know, 
So it's not so much that I want to do it with like a team of people. It's just, I just want to still educate people about the dead and bring people in. And that's why I'm doing these events is to really bring people in to, and to show them, Hey, like these places might look terrifying. Right. But there's people within these, uh, there's people within these buildings that have a story to tell. And I feel like I really am that, person like that conduit between the living and the dead to be able to help educate people and to help pass these messages not messages but stories on and to bring people in and show them like hey let's try to find evidence whether you wanted to know if people really can come back or you wanting to know the the real story of why you were put in this hospital or the real reason as to why you spent so many years in this cell you know, it's, mm-hmm. that is what my, my biggest thing is with it. And I mean, I don't exactly have like a team of people that do it. I have friends that come in and help. And then there's, you know, there's times that we go off on our own and it's still the same people. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> sure. No, I totally get what you mean. Um, <laughs> so it's just, you know, people you meet up with and, you know, go do investigations. It's, it's nice because, you know, you get to experience different investigating styles and, you know, go you might not have thought of or known about um, just, you know, with people you know in the field. Exactly. Because I think it's really good to really use different types of people as well and, do, um, and doing things like that because you can bounce off ideas. You can learn something new or you guys can discover something completely new altogether. And I think that's what makes the paranormal community so great is because there are so many different people. There, we're all like-minded, but we're all so different at the same time. We all have a passion for the paranormal, but what makes us mm-hmm. different and unique is we have so many different styles of investigating or different ways. Some of us, you know, do things creatively, and some people do things intelligently. But no matter what, at the end of the day, it all works. Absolutely. And what would you say your investigative style is like? Um, how do you, you know, prepare yourself to go into investigations and, you know, what's that like for you? Are you asking in like how exactly I investigate, like what I do in specifics? Yeah, like do you like doing research beforehand or after? Um, just like kind of what your style is. Um, like you said, there's people that go in more creatively. Um, or, you know, are you more methodical and going room to room to room? So I usually do like to do some research of the location before I go there, just so I kind of know what I'm dealing with, you could say, or not mm-hmm. really dealing with, but um, I don't like going in blinded because sometimes, I'm, you know, what can we talk about? <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, if you're in a prison or yeah. you're in a, a hospital, that's super easy. But if you're going to like a place hypothetically like, um, a mansion or, you know, or a house, then it's like different. Then you want to know a little bit more about the backstory of it. Like, why are we even coming here? What makes this place haunted? Um, so I do like to do some research over it. And especially if you're going to places that have um, significant people that have been there. So this would be considering more of your asylums or your penitentiaries that you go to, um, you know, I think that really helps. But whenever I go in there, it's not like, Okay, I don't there's times where I am like methodical about it for like, okay, we'll go this room, this room, and this room. I do like to know where mm-hmm. the hot spots are because that kind of helps. But I also like to go in there and kind of feel the building out and kind of like there's times I'll make a whole plan and then the second I get there I'm like, you know what, we're gonna switch things around and we'll and I'll completely just change it. Maybe it just depends on the building and how everything is kind of feeling the moment you get there. Um, there's times where it's like if I pick a room I'll go into a different room and I'll be like, okay, this one feels different. Let's do some like trigger objects or things like that. You know, there's times I like to get creative and do things for where, okay, like let's lock us up in this room, you know, and do things like that. And kind of, I guess theater like, like act like you're maybe like if you're an asylum person and you're chained, like not chained, but like you're bed bound, lay on the bed and, you know, try to do things like that. Um, so it really just depends. Like I try to do both ways. Um, but I do like to do research though. I think that just helps a lot. Absolutely. I mean, it's so cool too with these locations and their history, just 
actually knowing about it when you go in because it gives you such a new perspective and outlook into the place you're going to. Yes, absolutely. Um, and it's, it's funny because I would, I find myself going to more of the hospital and asylum type settings like sanatorium. And those ones, I, I, you, I feel like I can't really plan anything going to those. It's just you, the second you get there, it's just, you kind of just go with the flow, I guess. Um, that's like the best as not really detailed as that sounds. That's like the best way that I could put it. Um, it's just, you know, you, you get there and you just feel the energy of it all. And then you kind of just play with it that way. Definitely. Um, I do know we have to take a quick commercial break, but we'll be right back with more questions. That's the Ghost Host Show. is booked via temporarily on liveparanormal.com. And our guest today, uh, welcoming uh, paranormal investigator, Dark Raven photography founder and overnight paranormal events host, Drew Babineau. Everyone visit Drew Babineau's officials on Facebook and Instagram, d.babineau underscore 13, and also TikTok at The Haunted Raven. Uh, coming towards the late edition of the show, and we'll be right back. Hi, this is Dustin Perry, the Paranormal Rockstar, and you're listening to The Ghost Host with the most, Sophia Temporelli, only on LiveParanormal.com. Thank you for joining us on History FM Radio on LiveParanormal.com and History.fm. From paranormal to the unexplained history, it all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in live interactive chat 24-7 with our radio show hosts and other like-minded people on www.liveparanormal.com. The only interactive social chat room supported by full interactive media. Stop by now and join in on the fun. Hey, this is Zach Bagans from Ghost Adventures, and you are listening to the ghost host, Sophia Temporilli, on LiveParanormal.com. Not only am I Dave Schrader, but I'm Dave Schrader of Travel Channel's The Holzer Files, and you're listening to <laughs> Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. I feel left out. I wanted to throw myself it's into your mix of, of voiceovers <laughs> now. I love it. You know, uh, it's almost like we didn't leave break. Yeah, I'm coming back into the show with uh, Drew and Sophia. Trying to unmute you guys right now. And Drew and Sophia, you're back on. Hey, Drew. Thank you again so much for coming on today. Thanks again. It's been fun. I'm glad that I'm here doing this. Well, we're happy to have you. Um, I know before the break you were talking about the locations you go to in the history. Do you also or have you ever done a residential location? So I've never done a residential location. Um, I mean, besides my own house. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, no, I've never, I mean, if a, if you consider like a residential location, like either the Conjuring House or the Hinsdale House, yes. But as like somebody who's contacted me about their house being haunted, no. I mean, I've got a friend of mine whose house is haunted and I've been begging her to let me investigate it, but she she refuses on that one. But otherwise, no. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a hard thing to have someone come in and, and investigate. So I understand why you want to go do it, and I understand why she's saying no. Yeah, it's it's funny because, you know, she tells me all the stuff that happens in the house, and then I'm like, just let me come in, and I can probably help you. She's like, no, I just don't want to stir it up even more. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. You know, I get it. So, But it is yeah. funny. It's a thing that we joke about a lot. Yeah, it's it's hard, too, because you know that it's haunted, but I guess maybe having actual confirmation makes it, like, a little too real sometimes as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, the, she hears a lot of um, crazy things from what I understand, and um, 
he's had some pretty crazy experiences. Um, so that, I mean, it makes me even more so intrigued. Um, so that it, it's always interesting from what I understand. Definitely. Um, and you've gone to some really cool locations throughout the years. Um, I'm sure you've had tons of paranormal experiences throughout this time too, but what has been the coolest, craziest, um, or just overall favorite moment, um, while investigating? Wow. Um, where do I even start? <laughs> I mean, truthfully, <laughs> um, I've had some pretty crazy and profound experiences. Um, I don't know if I can name just one, but I can mm-hmm. say I've had a situation for where, um, well, let's talk, here's one. We'll, we'll talk about one at Mid-Orange Reformatory. Um, I was, this was back when I was working for this company and I was doing a live stream in there with a buddy of mine and, um, we were doing a method called the Estes method or session. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he had the headphones on, he had a blindfold on and, um, uh, we were set up in one of the cottages and it was just a both just him and I in there because we even checked upstairs, you know, downstairs, made sure that nobody else was in there. So it was just the two of us. Everybody else that was on the event was in two completely different other buildings on the other side of the property. So, and, um, you know, I, he was, you know, had hooked up to the fabulous box and he's, you know, saying all these things that, you know, whatever he's hearing coming through, we had tripwire lined up down the hall. That was basically, you know, one end he was on, I was on the other end down the hall. And, um, I almost left him. <laughs> uh, we heard that something yeah. banged on one of the doors, like one of the metal doors, and it almost sounded as if either somebody hit it really hard or as if it just slammed, and it was enough for me to pick the camera up and almost dart out of there. But I would have felt so, I would have felt so bad because he would have literally probably peeked up under his mask and been like, where did Drew go? Um, mm-hmm. But it, it definitely maybe jump about three feet in the air. <laughs> um, so that was a pretty funny um, experience, but I've been, I've had situations for where things have gotten th- uh, thrown. That was um, at Crescent Sanatorium. I've had situations to where I have been mortified, like absolutely terrified. Um, and that was, just everything that was happening, and that was located at the Hinsdale House. Um, so I've had pretty some pretty crazy experiences that I could probably talk about for days at this point. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, when investigating, you really don't ever know what's going to happen. And, I mean, that's part of the fun, but also, like, just confusion because some things it's like, why did that happen? Or, you know, something getting thrown at you. Like, I'm accident prone. I don't need any help getting injured. Um, I think that's why that's never <laughs> happened to me. They can just tell. Uh, but yep. I wouldn't be, like, super scared. But also I'd probably think that I somehow caused it to be thrown at me. Not by a ghost. I would just think I knocked something over to be thrown at me. So. <laughs> <laughs> See, I've so I've learned not to ask the question, are you lonely? Because it seems Mm -hmm. every time, no matter where I am, if I ask that question, it's almost as if they're like, hey, duh, that is the stupidest question that you probably could have asked Drew. And they either throw something or they yell. Like when if I'm doing an EVP, I've gotten EVPs where they're just screaming at the top of their lungs. Um, And it almost makes us like the speaker sound like it's like distorted things have gotten thrown. It's like, so I'm like, okay, so that's a question not to ask unless you're wanting some crazy things to happen. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, so I definitely, I mean, there's definitely been times I've even tripped over things. I, you know, being scared, like whether something was just a loud bang and my feet just move quick. I've fallen on camera during live streams. I have, um, I've even ran out of the tunnel at Eloise doing photos there one day and almost gave myself a concussion because of the, they have low hanging oh pipes. And yeah, it was, 
so that story was pretty funny because we had heard it was me and a colleague of mine, and we we had heard something in there moving around in there earlier, but we w- thought somebody was in there and nobody was. So we waited a little bit. We went in. We looked down the tunnels. Nobody in there, and it there was puddles everywhere, right? So um, I took the mm-hmm. photos, and when I'm taking, I had these um, lights that were like magnetic that I would stick to the pipes to kind of put a little bit more lighting in there. So I'm taking those off of the pipes, and I'm just like speaking, like you know, I'm sorry that we walked in. We weren't trying to scare you. Like, I feel like I was just talking like that to make myself feel a little better. And then out of nowhere, it's like you just heard somebody running through, like, running through water. And, I mean, my feet moved so much faster than my thoughts. And I just completely, like, you know in cartoons where you see the cartoon character just running and then they hit their head and their feet fly up and they land on their back? That's exactly what I did. And it was probably one of the most terrifying experiences that I've encountered like that. <laughs> but yeah, so I definitely get where you say like accident prone. I definitely feel like I'm up there in that category as well. <laughs> yeah. Yours are from responses to actual ghosts. Mine are just from existing. So at least yours, <laughs> you have a better story from it. I don't have any good story. And mine's like getting hit by a car door, running from a bee. Like at least you can say a ghost made you trip. See, you could try to say, like, the bee was sent by a ghost, and I was running from it. <laughs> it was definitely trying to kill me. I'm very sure of that. Um, but, I mean, you these are some amazing locations that you've listed. Um, with your investigations, is there any location you really would love to go back to that you felt like you needed a follow-up? Honestly, I always <laughs> – Probably Indiana State Sanatorium because every mm-hmm. I feel like every time when I do go, I don't get enough answers, and I always end up finding myself going back. I mean, that's always good, though, with the field of the paranormal. So um, it's good that you get that many, you know, responses to kind of leave more questions. Absolutely. I mean, I feel like within this field alone – And I always tell people this, you know, especially if they're new or it's like their first time. And I always, I joke, I'm like, well, prepare to get addicted because this is probably the most addictive thing I've ever encountered or done in my life. And it's, it's always not knowing what you're going to walk in on. You never know what you're going to experience. I mean, it's not like, um, it's not like these ghosts are like, Hey, you know, it's two o'clock in the morning. We're going to clock in and go scare some people. You know, it doesn't work like that, and I think that's what makes it so incredible because you could go to a location and have a completely silent night, and then you could go mm-hmm. in the next night, and then all of a sudden it's like everything from the moment you walk in to the moment you leave, just so much is happening, and you're just like dumbfounded almost. Like your mouth is just dropped, and you're like, holy crap. Like you're at a loss for words almost, and that's, I feel like that's what keeps us going back is when we have those little experiences and then when we don't. You know, it's always the not knowing, um, the thrill, the excitement from when you get those profound experiences or those, you know, those hard pieces of evidence. And it always ends up making us wanting more. So I always, I say, For this, sure. this, this hobby is super addictive. Definitely. And with so many haunted locations being scattered throughout the world, where would you love to go the most in the world if you could go anywhere and why? Ah, uh, that is such a hard question <laughs> because I there's so many places that I want to go in general. Um, but truthfully, what's the most in this? I don't we, I don't even know if we'll say if this is even haunted or not. But I've mm-hmm. noticed that I've I've always wanted to go and tour the Vatican City of like all of the stuff that they've had and kept from the years of like the exorcisms that they've done. Um, the history behind it all, I think. And it's one of those places that something like that is kind of like untouchable. And I think that's what makes me more intrigued about it. Um, I don't know. Like as far as like a specific place, that list is way too long. And I don't even know if I have a specific one at the top. But I think that would be like the one place that I'd say that if I ever had an opportunity to go in, even just to read some of the stuff or just to even look at it all, 
I would be 100% down to do that. Definitely. It's actually funny you say that. Um, my dad, actually, um, his adoptive father used to guard the Pope in Vatican City. So, like, my dad saw all that when he was younger. That is they incredible. Have, like, rooms and stuff. And so, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, the Vatican's really intense. Absolutely. It's just, it's super, I think the history within it all, um, mm-hmm. what it stands for, it, it's super intriguing. And I feel like, you know, whenever you get told, like, you can't do something, it makes you want to do it even more so. Um, but that that's super interesting that you said that, though. Yeah, it's just, like, it's just, like, a really random thing to have as part of your, like, family tree, but um, it's just a funny connection uh, with that, because, I'm, I'm, you know, a lot of people on the show will say, like, the White House, the Dracula's Castle, and both of those are cool, but Vatican City, um, I can definitely see that, and I was actually going to ask you um, if you could just go off aesthetics, uh, where's one place that you would love to take a photo, but, I mean, Vatican City, it would you'd probably get some pretty cool photos. Truth, yes, absolutely. Um but as photo-wise, if I'm going to be honest with you, I have a really big passion for trying to get out to Iceland. I just mm-hmm. want to take photos of all of the nature that's out there because that is, like, a huge other side of me is nature photography and um, the northern lights. So when it comes to that, and it, I know that's completely, like, random because, you know, you would think it'd be something super haunted or anything like that, but I know that that is something that's, like, really big for me as well. For sure. I mean, it's cool to have that duality in life, too. I mean, nature is just kind of all the things in life that you can see, the wildlife, the animals, and then you have the other side of the coin, which is death. So, I mean, it's nice to have that balance, especially when you're doing the paranormal. I think you'd be good, yeah, with Doll Island or something, too. You'd be good there. <laughs> you know what's funny is I'm actually terrified of dolls. <laughs> so I feel, it would be cool, but, oh, my God, I would probably be on alert, like, every step of the way thinking that one of them is probably going to jump down like it's like the Chucky doll or something. The spiders get me the most of that island. I can't with the spiders. See, I didn't even know that there were spiders. See, now you really lost me. The dolls, spiders, yep, nope. Mm-hmm. Definitely not on my yeah. list anymore. <laughs> I saw it on Destination Truth. I was like, oh, wow, I really want to go there. It was just like a dream when I was younger. And I saw it on Ghost Adventures. I saw a spider crawl on the doll's eyes. And I was like, nope, no. No. Oh, yeah. No. See, one of the reasons why I probably won't ever go to Australia, because they have the huge spiders there. I was like, absolutely not. Ew, nope, yeah. I'm all set. It's gross. It's so <laughs> gross. No. Um, but I know we're coming towards the end of the show. Um, you also do events and go to some really cool events. So if you want to tell people about the events you'll be at, um, any websites, upcoming interviews, or anything you would like to mention. So I would just say that if you are interested in coming in and investigating with me or attending one of the events to follow on to the Haunted Raven Facebook page because that is where I will be updating a lot of the things I think within the next month November is when I will be starting announcing the locations that I will be hosting at next year so I have 10 weekends booked already secured for next year so if they wanted to stay tuned on that, follow that so they get notifications on any kind of updates, that is where it would be at. Well, that's awesome. And people who are looking to go can be assured that there's not going to be tons of dolls, if any, or spiders. Absolutely. <laughs> I think that's a pretty good guarantee. Um, well, I want to thank you so much for coming on today, Drew. It was great getting to talk to you and hear all of your stories. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. This was honestly an incredible experience and a great opportunity that I am beyond grateful for. So thank you guys so much for having me. Well, you're always welcome back on in the future if you have anything you need to promote. Um, And yeah, I can't wait to see more of the photos you post. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. All right. Thanks, Drew. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Drew. Thanks, guys. Bye. Wow, thanks. Well, fantastic show today, Sophia. Absolutely, Drew was such a great guest. I want to thank you all for listening. The show definitely not be possible without all of you, and I will talk to you guys again next week with the professor. Bye.
Yeah, that's going to be an amazing show. And uh, but for Drew, as he mentioned too, as well. So his, for any events coming up or any of his photography too, as well, it's a great photography. The Haunted Raven Facebook page. So also too on TikTok at the Haunted Raven, Facebook and Instagram D dot underscore thirteen. And uh, as Sophia mentioned too, this is going to be wild. Okay, so next weekend, the twenty-first. Put this on your calendars. We have Dartmouth University film and media professor. Uh, an author of Ghost Channels by Amy Lawrence. Uh, she'll be on the program, and Ghost Channels is about the people that watch your favorite paranormal shows. So that is going to be you, and it's going to be yeah, amazing show. Also, we have author and Ghost Adventures producer, lecturer Jeff Belanger will be returning to the program on November 4th. Gognac Paranormal Investigators Ron Yacovetti and Lourdes Gonzalez will be on the program on the 11th of November. So you don't want to miss any of these amazing Halloween season upcoming broadcasts. We might have another surprise in there for you, too. So like the Goso Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com Facebook fan page to learn of the guests as we learn of them real time. Fantastic show, everybody. We'll see you next weekend with Amy Lawrence, and see you then. Hi, this is Dustin Perry, the Paranormal Rockstar, and you're listening to The Ghost Coast with the most Sophia Temporelli, only on LiveParanormal.com. Hi, this is Debbie and Sion Ghost Adventures. You're listening to The Ghost Host with your host, Sophia Temporelli, on LiveParanormal.com. God bless you all. for joining us on History FM Radio on LiveParanormal.com and History.fm. From paranormal to the unexplained history, it all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in live interactive chat 24-7 with our radio show hosts and other like-minded people on www.LiveParanormal.com. The only interactive social chat room supported by full interactive media. Stop by now and join in on the fun. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details.